You know, before COVID hit, um, we used to have bulletins, man. Now I realize how important they are. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's good to see the mayor of the city of Menifee here. Bill Zimmerman, raise your hand. Bill, it's good to see you, brother. Glad you're joining us. This special day where we pray a blessing or back to school, our students and our teachers. What a wonderful honor it is to do that, to pray for our kids, pray for our teachers, pray for our administrators. This morning's message is called, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, man. <laughs> don't worry, be happy. That's easy to say, isn't it? Don't worry. Hey, don't worry about it. Be happy. Well, Jesus had plenty to say about that handling life's issues. And the issue it really is, and it comes down to, do you trust God? Or do you want to have a life filled with anxiety and stress? So we're going to begin. Let's hear what Jesus has to say. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. Turn there on your smart device, or if you're like me, you still have a Bible. Matthew 6, starting with verse 25. Jesus said, that's why I tell you not to worry about every." life he says whether you have enough food or drink enough clothing to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing and then he gives an illustration he says look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are and of course the answer is yes can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Does anybody know the answer to that? Yeah. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow... He will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what we, will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all, all. Can you say all? all. He knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. This is really the application. This is the answer. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some of your versions say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is, is enough for today. Amen. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow, but I believe Jesus is saying, don't even fret about today. He's working out today. And so Jesus is speaking a, a message from what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he is meeting one of the greatest needs that I, I believe all of us need deliverance from, and that's stress and anxiety. I like what the King James Version, uh, the vernacular they use, 
the phraseology they use. King James says, take no thought. In other words, take no thought, no worry. Do not be anxious. Do not be overly concerned. Someone might say, well, I, I don't worry. I don't have anxiety. I just am overly concerned about everything. And, and Jesus stressed this three times in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, 31, and 34. And he's not saying to not prepare. He's not saying to not be faithful. He, he's, we're called to be faithful. We're called to be responsible. We're called not to be lazy. Has nothing to do with that. But what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about being preoccupied with material possessions, the things of life. Being preoccupied, that's all you think about. He's talking about being so wrapped up in securing and garnering things that we become anxious, we become disturbed and sleepless if we don't obtain or attain these things of, uh, of the world. And he's talking about being so entangled with the affairs of the world that, that we forget about eternity. We forget about the things of God. Stuff dictates, position dictates our life. And, and listen, you might say, well, we've, we've got a lot more worries than the folks in Jesus' day, they had worries too. Obviously, Jesus addressed it. Paul addressed it as well. We'll get to that in a moment. But they had worries and concerns, things that they were deeply concerned about, like food and drink and clothing. But I would add to where we are right now, uh, we can stress easily about things like cancer, terrorism, losing your job, our children's safety. And so Jesus' words here in Matthew chapter 6, they apply to us today. Amen? They apply to us today. And so I want to break it down. Number one, worry wreaks havoc on your life. It wreaks havoc on your life. It, it, it does. And the English word worry, it actually comes from a, an old German word meaning to strangle, to, to choke. And it's this strangulation or choking of our both emotional and physical self. We get so wrapped up that it becomes a stranglehold on us that it affects us physically. A great percentage of illnesses in the United States in some way or another, they're related to worry and anxiety, stress. Listen, the number one killer in America is heart disease. That's the number one killer. 30, 38% of all deaths are heart-related, and many of those are related to hypertension. Listen to this. High blood pressure and anxiety. Let's face it. When, when you have anxiety, when you have stress, when you're stressed about something, the blood pressure goes up. And if it stays up for too long, that's not good. Worry's been linked to cancer. It's been linked to cancer, stress, worry, ailments, accidents, cirrhosis, gastrointestinal illnesses, and even suicide. Uh, Three-quarters of all visits to your primary 
care physicians are stress-related complaints or disorders. So this is an issue, and it's amazing. Jesus spoke this over 2,000 years ago. It's an issue today that, that people are faced with, worry. And so when I say my title, don't worry, be happy, you might be thinking, Pastor, you don't have a clue what I'm going through. And you're right, I don't, but Jesus does. And he doesn't just tell us not to worry. He does not just communicate not to be filled with anxiety. He, Jesus gives us application. We're going to get to that. You see, there's a, a, you might say, well, I'm overly concerned, but there's a difference between worry and concern. And here's the great difference. A worried person sees a problem. A concerned person solves a problem. So there's a difference there. There was a man, he was worrying about everything. I mean, this guy was worrying about his children. He was worrying about his wife. He was constantly worried about his health. And one day, a friend of his noted that all of a sudden, he didn't seem like he was worrying any longer. He had this peace about him, and he said, why are you so calm? You've always worried about everything. What's happened to you? And the former warrior's reply was, well, I just hired a man to do all the worrying for me. <laughs> and his friend asked him, he said, well, uh, how much do you pay this guy? A thousand dollars a week. A thousand a week? You can't afford that. Well, that's his problem. <laughs> Be nice if we could hire somebody to worry for us, huh? And stress. Don't worry about it. I just hired this guy. Well, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about materialism and, and um, just the worldliness of possessions and, and how it can enslave. There's nothing wrong with stuff, but when it enslaves you. Money's not evil, but the love of money. We learned that. It's when it enslaves you. It dictates your life, every move, every action, every thought. It consumes you to such a degree it dominates every area of your life. So why do people allow themselves to be enslaved by possessions? Is it a status symbol, keeping up with the Joneses? And I think... Really, the answer is, if we were to break it down, it's because they're ignoring or neglecting a relationship with God. They don't understand the dynamics, the blessings of having a relationship, a personal relationship with God. They're failing to, to, to lay hold of eternal life. They don't see beyond what they see. They're led by sight, not by faith. And obviously, there's, they don't understand that God is in control. And so Jesus breaks it down for us. And that's point number two this morning. I'm going to read the text again, but point number two is trust God to provide. In the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Jireh, God provider. God is our provider. Can you say Jehovah Jireh? Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. Trust God. Trust him to provide for you, no matter what you're going through. I'm going to read the text again to make the point. Matthew 6, 25 through, I'm going to go through 32. 
Jesus says, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work for their clothing, to make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, Jesus says. So he's addressing a problem that his audience had. And he says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows what you need. He knows what your, what your need is. And this is, is uh, the teaching of God's providence, His sovereignty. He's the superintendent, the agency of God over all events. God is in full control. He most certainly is. The, the God who created the heavens and the earth, He is in control. He knows our needs. And he can meet those needs. I like what Mark Twain said. He said, I'm an old man and I've known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. <laughs> you may recognize the name of Dr. Charles Mayo, famous Mayo Clinic. He said, worry affects the circulation. It affects the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. That's what worry does. Dr. Charles Mayo was able to identify the onslaught of attack on your body from worrying. And he said, I've never met a man or known a man to die of overwork. There's nothing wrong with working hard. But I've known a lot who died of worry. The onslaught of disease that, that takes place on a person's body from fretting, from worrying. And you may be weary, you may be worn out, you're tired of being sick and tired. You're worrying, you're fretting. You may be medicating for that. You may be self-medicating for that. I always have fun and I tell people, I self-medicate with spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> that's what I do. When I'm in a bad mood, it's spaghetti and meatballs. That's, that's my go-to. When I'm in a good mood, it's spaghetti and meatballs, okay? <laughs> So Jesus says, hey, don't worry. And if I were to say, hey, don't worry, be happy, that's, that's somewhat trite in the sense that it's like, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the level of intensity of where you're at, what you're experiencing, whether it's relational issues, financial issues, health issues. I don't have a clue what you're going through, but God does. And God says, don't worry, and, but he gives us application. It's one thing to tell somebody, don't worry. It's like, okay, I, I know that. I know that I shouldn't worry. I know I shouldn't do certain things. But I'm right there, and I can't get beyond it. Maybe you're there this morning. And, and you know you shouldn't worry. You know you shouldn't fret. You know you shouldn't have anxiety crippling every move that you make. But what do you do about it? How can you and I get beyond that? 
Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> because Jesus answered that. He said, seek first. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. That word seek's an interesting word. And when you think and hear that word seek, you have mental pictures of, well, it, it's looking for something. You're seeking after. But the original Greek lang language is so full. It's so colorful. It's the word zateo. Can you say that? Zateo. Zateo. And, and, and it means to seek in order to find out. You're not just seeking. You're, you're going to find it. You're not like, like me when I'm looking for something in the refrigerator. I can't find it. And then I go look for my, I can't find it. I don't think we have it. She goes, it's right on the front shelf. It's right in the front. I'll, I don't see it. And she walks over, and it's right there, right in front of me. I think that's a guy thing, right? That's got to be a guy thing. It's got to be a guy thing. This word seek in the Greek isn't like that. It's, it's, it's seeking after to find. The goal is to find by, by thinking, by meditating, by reasoning. You're going to find it. It's to inquire, to seek after, to aim at or strive for. You're not giving up. You're not giving up until you find it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't be content with minimal Bible knowledge. Dig into the word of God. Spend time, I, I told the first service, that moment you fell in love with somebody, the first time, do you remember that? I mean, it was not infatuation, but you fell in love with somebody. You wanted to spend time with them. You wanted to, to talk with them and, and hang out with them. And that, it's that kind of sense that we, you and I, should have about Jesus when we have a relationship with Jesus. It's not a religion. And, and, and mark my words, Jesus had more issues with the religious leaders of the day. So it's not about religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so to have a legitimate, sincere relationship with Jesus Christ... You and I would do well spending time with the Lord daily. When I was dating, we didn't have smartphones. Our phones were not that smart. You had to, you had to wait for it to go back before you hit the next number. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Right? And then our parents usually monitored who we called. So if you had a, somebody that you liked, it was limited time. And everything co cost by minute. And so we, we wrote notes and we hung out uh, where we knew the other person would be. And my high school sweetheart who I'm married to, she hung out at youth group. So guess what? I fell in love with Jesus at youth group. God started working on my heart in that. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I think the major mistake you and I make, and I'm going to be sh short today. Someone say amen because it's hot in here. Yeah. And it's usually nice and cool. Most often I hear complaints that it's too cool in here, but I don't think you'll be complaining about that very much longer, right? More often than not, us people... Bad grammar. We struggle because we think material things will make us comfortable. They'll make us happy. 
I, I mean, it looks good, it, it tastes good, it, it'll make life better, but it, it, it's external, it's outside of us, and it just becomes a problem. And the real need is, is internal. It, 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 we're not satisfied with external things. That's what I'm trying to say. There's a short-lived satisfaction, but that's all it is. It's just short-lived. But there's something avoid within all of us that the only way it can be filled is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus said you must be born again. It's not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I like what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11. I don't, have, I don't think it's on the screen, but listen to this. He says, I'll tell you, I tell you this, ask, 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 and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. There's a spiritual dynamic, a, a biblical principle there. That's true with believers. If we ask and we seek and we knock, we press in God. And that's what that word supplication means. It's, it's, it's saying, God, these are the needs. God knows the needs. But it's an act of faith when we communicate. God, this is, this is what's going on. This is not a want. This is a need. And Lord, I need your intervention in this area. And it's that knocking, and it's that praying, and that seeking and asking. And we see God move in mighty ways. I'm going to end on a good note, but I, before I get there, I'm going to hit something that's off key. This is, what, this is what worry reveals about us. You. This is what worry reveals, let's personalize it, about me. Worry reveals that you have a defective understanding of God. Oh man, that, that didn't feel good. That rubbed me wrong. Worry reveals that you have a defective understanding of God. Woo, it's awfully quiet in here. <laughs> Worry reveals that you do not fully trust God's promises. Depending on who you talk to, there's anywhere from seven to 8,000 promises in God's Word that I believe believers are recipients of. Worry reveals that you don't fully trust God's promises. And, and, and lastly, but probably... The most damning, worry reveals that you are mastered, you're mastered by your circumstances. When you worry, and you worry, and it keeps you up, and you're fretting because of what they think, what they said, what they did, because of that financial situation, that relationship, what the doctor told you, that 
is mastering you. It's taken up rent, free rent right up here. It, it, more often than not, it would pay great dividends if you say, no more, no more rent, free rent up here, devil. I pray the blood of Jesus on my mind and my thoughts. I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to praise God. You know, God created us to worship him. I love what first service, one of the young boys, he's, they were up here worshiping and, you know, they're marching and dancing. You saw him. And he says out loud, as soon as they were done, he goes, boy, this is hard work. <laughs> Worship's hard work. It is. It, it, listen, when you show up on a Sunday morning, and first of all, you didn't even want to come. You had a zillion excuses why you thought you shouldn't come. You had a terrible week. You're looking at another week that's not going to look as good. And, and you don't feel good. But a mature believer will walk into a place of worship, a place where they're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you'll say, it doesn't matter how I feel. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him, Job said. Uh, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what's going on. God created me to worship him. Sean, say amen. amen. Monica, say amen. amen. God created us to worship him. And so guess what? We're in his zone when we're doing what he created us to do. We're in there. We're right smack dab in the center of God's will when we worship and praise God. And I think we open ourselves up for a miracle, for God to move in our life when we have all the excuses, and a lot of them are, I would say, those, that's, a, that's a good excuse. I, I don't... Blame you for staying home. I don't blame you for not singing. I don't blame you. That, that seems like a legitimate excuse, but when we press past that and we worship the Lord and magnify God and exalt Him, I believe that opens up an amazing supernatural dynamic for God to move in our life. Amen. And the devil's just, let's just face it, he's going to move on to the next recipient. It's not working. I can't, I can't rob. I can't steal. I can't destroy this person. They keep praising God no matter what I pour on them. They keep praising God. I'm wasting my time. I'm moving on to the next person. Wow. Somebody needed to hear that. So worry reveals that you have a defective understanding of God. It reveals that you don't fully trust God's promises. And it reveals that you're being mastered by your circumstances. Now, I told you I was going to end on a good note, and here it is. You ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. The Apostle Paul said almost the same thing that Jesus did to a letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi. Listen to what he says. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, Don't be anxious about anything. Can you imagine going to your doctor you're you're stressed you have anxiety you just got doctor just give me a pill and your doctor says don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer everything 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 say everything by prayer, by prayer and supplication, that word supplication is your needs, 
what's going on, what you need addressed. Could be financial, could be health, could be relational. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine going to the doctor? It's like, oh, you just want more pills, right? To feel better. You're struggling. Give me a pill. I've got a prescription. Just give me a refill. And the doctor says, listen, you got a Christian doctor. Don't be anxious. Everything, everything. Just start praying about everything. Let your, le your needs, your requests be made known, Paul says in another chapter. But with thanksgiving, and I think that thanksgiving propels us to a place, to a whole new level, where it says, God, I know it doesn't look like, it doesn't seem like, I'm not seeing victory, I've heard bad health reports, my finances are messed up, my relationships are messed up, it doesn't look good. In fact, most people would say, I'm in a hopeless place, I'm a hopeless state, my back's against the wall, but God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you are going to deliver me, you're going to bless me. God, I thank you that I'm not moved by what I see, but I'm moving in faith, trusting you. That's God's word. That's God's word. Don't be anxious for anything. This is the application. But in everything by prayer. Pray about everything. Pray like your life depends on it. And thank the Lord. How can I thank the Lord? It hasn't manifested. You don't get it. It doesn't work that way. Thank the Lord in advance. Someone say amen. amen. And here's what happens. Paul says it. The peace of God. How many of you need peace right now? Peace. Jesus said, peace I give unto thee. Paul says in Ephesians, it's a peace and a blessing that is beyond our understanding. We can't even comprehend it. It's supernatural. And Paul right here in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You won't be able to figure it out. It's just like any normal person, any normal person would not have peace in your situation, but you have peace because guess what? You're not normal. You're one of the king's kids. You're not just anybody. You're one of the king's kids. And that peace will come and it'll guard your heart and it'll bless your mind. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, your word is rich. It's exactly what we need. Lord, I pray that the word this morning would penetrate the heart, the mind. There are those who are hanging on that they have very legitimate concerns but it's eating them up it's robbing it's robbing them it's robbing them of joy so God I pray right now that the truth of your word this morning would illuminate the hearts and minds this morning that we would do just as you told us to do Jesus you said your yoke is easy your burden is light to, to deliver those things that we're struggling with to you 
I, I want this morning to be right where you're at, the altar right where you're at. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward this morning, but right where you're at. What are those things that are consuming your mind and your heart, the worries, the frets, the anxiety? Lift those up to the Lord right now, whatever they are in prayer. Just say, God, take it, take it. In the quietness of your heart, between you and God, God, take this financial burden. Lord, take the relationship issues that I'm having. Whatever it is, health, whatever it is, God, just lift that right now. Lift it up right now. Lift it from me, Lord. I can't bear it. I can't bear it, God. Lift it. Lift it, Lord. Lord, fill that space, that void with peace. Lord, give me the ability to trust in you. And Lord, I thank you. And I want you to say this. Lord, I thank you. If you're watching online, say this. Lord, I thank you for delivering me for giving me peace, for meeting my needs. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Two more things, and then we'll close real quick. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus said you must be born again. He said he's the only way to heaven. Jesus is alive right now. They killed him on a cross. They buried him in a tomb. He rose three days later. He's still alive. You can have a relationship with a living Savior, but Jesus must be your Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to invite Christ into your heart. I want to give you an opportunity to reconnect with God if you've disconnected in some fashion. Bow your heads one more time. If you'd give your heart to Jesus Christ for the first time or rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to pray out loud right now this prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. And I now ask you to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, for the first time, or you rededicated your life to the Lord, there's two things I'd like to direct you to do. Fill out a connection card. They're on all the tables throughout the lobby, the back of the church. Or you can text the word pray. I want to encourage you in your newfound faith. I want to welcome you to the family of God. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. And I know the praise team wants to do a song, but guys, how about doing a song as you exit? Because it's hot in here. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.